Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, but you knew that. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstmann, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Schmackamagob and put that schmackamagob.com up your ass. We are the Rock and Metal <laughs> Combat Podcast. I am Dr. Fuck and with me is... Oh yeah, you know that's vodka. This is the Ayatollah Alcoholic and Wadley. And with us, Ian... You, 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 usually oh, uh, oh, I make yes. you intro, but yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I definitely it. want is, you to intro. This, this, <laughs> fuck it, this is your fault. Oh my god! Yep, our, our guest this week, you know, because we're in the middle of playing, you know, uh, fan episodes. People who donated money for episodes, but no, apparently in the middle of this, we're we're gonna throw all that shit to the wind to have the most hated man in podcasting <laughs> on our fucking show. And before you get too excited, no, it's not Eddie Trunk. No, it's not Chris Jericho. Uh, it's 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 worse. Michael Brandvold. Yeah, I love that. That I, I I couldn't have asked for or written a better introduction than that. Yeah, well, that's as good as it gets, asshole. That's as good. <laughs> oh my God, I don't I don't know what pictures you have of Ralph doing what to get you on a quality show, but uh, you know salute to you, you know, for weaseling your way onto uh, a real show. You know, I, 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 real... I just I just know what he has in his freezer. Yeah. See, it's the I, freezer thing. You yeah. know me. You should know me by now, Ian. No. I don't I, give a fuck about pictures or video. Yeah. I got a blowjob the other day. I put it up on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I, know, I know what he has. The biggest fucking ego I've ever seen. He's just bringing you on here so he can rub it in your face that well, he, that, he that, is the biggest kiss man that is on the interweb. That's uh, a great point, Ian. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know where this shit's going. I know where this shit's going. <laughs> and and, and Brandvold, I know you're so desperate for listeners. Yeah, you said fuck it, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fuck it, I'll do it. I'll come on and help you guys resurrect your show. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I get caught in the middle because I gotta sit here and talk about meth rock for fucking two fucking hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that that's the only th- that's the only way I'm gonna fucking agree with Michael here because I love me some Molly Hatchet. Yeah, Fuck yeah! Oh, good. It, you know I've been listening to them all day today. I love these guys. Love them. They're fucking awesome. Uh, unlike you, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, if you've been listening to this shit all day, I hope you're by yourself. You know, I hope you didn't fucking subject anybody else to this hillbilly shit. <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I I I, I don't know a whole lot about you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be quite honest, you, you know, and and uh, probably I'm gonna be more of a prick to you than than I should be because I don't have any reason, uh, you know, to hate you other than I listened to half of one of your episodes and it, well, yeah, that is enough reason to hate you. But um, <laughs> if, if if what Ralph told me is true, this is actually your favorite band of all time and not Kiss. Is this correct? Um, did no, that's that? not true. I didn't say that, did I? Oh, I thought you did. I this, drink is, a lot. this is the first band I ever went and saw in an arena concert. And you still go and, to concerts? That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, actually, no. 
got a five-year-old daughter, so who's got the time now to go to shows? But well, they are in my top five favorite bands of all time. I, 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 I got to hear these other fucking four. If this is in your top five, I, uh, bedazzle me. Cheap Trick. Yeah. All right, that's a good one. ELO. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Sticks. Oh, get uh, the fuck out of here. Fuck yeah, Sticks the rules. In your top uh, five? And Kiss. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my okay. God. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of... Man, there was a lot of fucking uh, weirdness about Ralph's whole relationship with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's funny is you inspired this great show... You know, because of you guys talking a little bit of trash about him, you know, Ralph's like, I want to start my own fucking podcast, and that's how we got started. That's not true. God, you... No, it's not. Not even close. <laughs> they talk shit about me while this podcast was already happening. Yeah, but but they, didn't, they, didn't they say shit about you before? Like, somebody said, Dr. Fuck should be on that. They made fun of you, and you're like, fuck, I want to start my own podcast. Look, correction, they didn't say shit. It was just this asshole. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think Ralph's been doing this before I was doing this. Yeah, we yeah. were. We didn't. How, how long has Three Sides been around? I mean, besides uh, six long. Give me, years. Give me a, okay, they've been guys, they've been around yeah. one year more. They guys be by a year, but uh, but yeah, but you know, I I know you two are are, are friends now and shit yeah. like that. And that, that no, no, hey, 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 don't say that. That's gonna destroy the image. Yeah. Got out there. That is yeah. true. Hey, hey, what are we, Kiss? Gonna put up a fake facade like we're all friends in Psycho Circus and there's unity? Get the fuck out of here. We are one. Yeah. We are yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. It smells like number two to me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but like I said, I, I'm not that familiar with your show. I, I, in all honesty, I listened to half a show and, and, and it, was, it was so bad I had to shut it off halfway through. But... Uh, was that was I, that one of the shows we had with Mitch Lafon? Funny no. you bring funny funny, oh. you bring, funny you bring that up because you know when I knew we were going to have you on the show because I don't know a whole lot about I, I I know you're very hated but I don't know a lot of you know the real shit you know so I you know I, I put out feelers on Facebook I'm like do you know uh, Michael Bradboy you, you know you know is he a good guy you know does he just have this reputation. You know, and nobody had a nice thing to say. Actually, the nicest thing that I heard was a comment that I got back from Mitch Lafon, who said, <laughs> and I quote, who's Michael Brandboy? <laughs> uh, that was the nicest thing uh, that I heard back. Everybody else thought you were a real prick. Good, and I'm doing my job. Yeah, uh, yeah, doing doing your job. But uh, now, now what, what's the deal here? Is, is this, uh, I mean, are you honestly... Uh, oh, fucking asshole, or is this like a persona you put on to uh, to help sell the podcast? Because I'm really a prick, you know, and, and, and I can I'm, tell... I, I'm not. I'm not really a prick. I play a prick on the podcast, okay. Okay. but but I will, I will add to that. Everything I say is my honest opinion. I just okay. am an asshole on the show insane. Okay, so so oh, here's, a, here's the thing that's been brought up multiple times. Uh, that... that uh, people have accused you of saying just to, you know, uh, bring attention to yourself and, and to stick out and to, to start up shit. Uh, that you said Eric Carr is just a drummer. Uh, do you stand by that, or, or is that something you just? Yeah, do? To, to to me, he was just another drummer in Kiss. I love right. Peter Chris more, and I love Eric Singer more. I but I listen. Here's what you missed. I then said, listen, I'm not taken away from the fact that Eric Carr was. Uh, an awesome guy 
He played fabulous. It just didn't do anything for me. So he deserves all of the credit he should get for being a good musician. I just like the other drummers better. And Eric Carr coming into the band was just another drummer coming into Kiss. Wow, oh boy. But, but, but that's an insult when the first drummer was Peter Chris. Because uh, Jesus well, Christ, it depends. Depend, it depends. It depends on when you're listening to Peter Chris. Yeah, I always stand by the fact that right around Alive too, he was a fucking monster. Oh, because I was under the impression that you thought there was always time for Peter. Um, oh God, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think Peter's a better singer than he is a drummer. You know, I think Peter true. Chris was phenomenal in the early days, man. Yeah, he was. I think I think, and he's my favorite drummer. I think he's the be- technically even the best drummer of all three. If if, he, if 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 Peter wouldn't have lost his chops, and had some of the other things around his life that weren't so fucked up, I would love to have him. Yes, love yeah. him. But right now, if he came in to play, it would it would be a fucking train wreck. I know with Paul singing like that. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It would almost make Paul singing sound better. If, if, you know, if people were just paying attention to the shitty drums, they would have been paying attention to the lip syncing. And, uh, you know, uh, my favorite member of KISS would take far less heat. So. Uh, Alan Schwartzberg. Yeah, Alan Schwartzberg. Best drummer KISS ever had. Alan Schwartzberg. Uh, Anton Figg. Uh, nah, nah. nah. Uh, I, I know I get called anti-Semitic, but that Jew is my favorite drummer in Kiss. I want Schwartzberg to stand by that. Yeah, let's talk about that, Ian. Yes. Um, today, uh, today, Michael, uh, I had a band somebody on the Almost Human page, uh, YouTube page, because uh, they went off on what an anti-Semitic Ian is. And I know you don't listen to us, but Ian's, Ian has the tendency of telling jokes. And, you know, you remember, Michael, back in the day without the hypersensitive PC culture. Well, you can tell a joking laugh, but it doesn't really make you a racist or anti-Semitic. And I mean, Ian even like makes jokes about his own kind. What, what are you again? Uh, black Irish, uh, an alcoholic, uh, <laughs> I- Irish. I, yeah, uh, same thing. Alcoholic. I, 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 yeah, I'm black Irish. You know, but uh, you know, I, I I love the Jews. You know, my my lawyer's a Jew. My accountant's a Jew. Uh, the guy who gave me a circumcision was a Jew. Well, maybe I do hate the Jews. I don't know. I, you know, maybe I, I, I you know, no, I, I fucking love the Jews. Jesus Christ. But I make fun of everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I, I believe that nothing is sacred. As long as you say something with a wink and a smile and it's not mean. Uh, it, and I find it very funny that anybody would call me anti-Semitic. I mean, just ask Stephen Kirsch, our Hasidic headbanger here at the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. This man is in my, you know, was in my house. You know, I made I made him a kosher meal for dinner. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, these people. I I, I, I love the Jews, but but while we're talking about the Jews, uh, a priest and a rabbi are sitting on a park bench, and a little boy walks by, and uh, rabbi uh, priest says, "Hey, you want to fuck the little boy?" And the rabbi said, "Out of what? Jews, people." Jews. I don't get the out of what? Oh, out of what? Oh, money, Ra- money. Ra- oh, Ralph, yeah, yeah, Ralph yeah, yeah. Your, show, your show's hitting a train wreck immediately here. Yeah, I know, because we have yeah. you on. Yeah, and if anybody <laughs> knows a train wreck, it's Michael Brandboy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Oh, and yeah. I can recognize it. I'm like, people are tuning off right now. Yeah, yeah actually, that was a really good joke. It just took me a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, uh, you, they're, don't they're, don't underestimate our fucking crazy ass audience, Michael. Oh no, I don't. I they're love laugh, your crazy ass they're audience. La they're laughing. They're very at easy to trigger. Yeah. Unlike me, you've tried. What'd you, what'd you call me? <laughs> yeah, I'm the racist. <laughs> uh, well, I can see this would be yeah, a fun, fun episode. Yeah, I didn't hear a T there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the T is silent. <laughs> Rigor? Oh! 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 You had to bring up Ozzy. Oh, oh. oh! By the way, I heard that song today. Yeah, yeah, I heard you like it. Fuck you too. Yeah, oh. I, I didn't mind it. I, I oh. thought Ozzy sounded good, and that Post Malone guy that I've never heard of that everybody hates. I was like, well, you know, I'm sure it's Studio Magic. It kind of sounds like Studio Magic. And uh, I, I said, hey, this guy's voice is pretty good. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I can't join you kids on the hate train. You know? Oh, but you know, I got to be me. I got to be honest. So I thought it was okay. And Ozzy didn't sound like he has on the last few albums. Like, uh, you know, how he just sounds so weird on the last, on shit, since uh, Black Rain, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Pro Tools have come a long uh, way. Uh, Auto-tune Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really sound sound very natural to me. It didn't sound like Auto Tune Ozzy uh, on that. But anyway, but yeah, I, I will agree. It's kind of lame he does that, not new material, you know. Yeah, yeah. Black Sabbath bad. Post Malone good. That's yeah. That's what's fucking wrong with this country. Besides the fact that fucking Michael Brandboy's on a fucking episode of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Jesus Christ, bring on the locust. Hey, hey, just so you know, he may have not have paid to be on here, but I got a $40 Ace Fraley picture disc because of this guy, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he gave, he gave it to you because he hates Ace. He's a fucking Tommy apologist. Jesus Christ. No, hey, you, hey, you do make a good point there. Hey, 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 uh, Bramble, you like uh, Sonic Boom? You think that's good music there? You like that? Um, not really. It's not one of my favorite albums. Either is Monster. They're yeah, and believe it or not, eh. Yeah, believe it or not, I like Monster more than him. Yeah. <clears throat> what a scab you are. Yeah. Fuck both y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, but uh, you know, we got plenty of room for hate because we got two fucking shitty albums to go through. I'm sorry, but I got to hand it to Michael. To say that he hates Sonic Boom and Monster and still Gene and Paul send him checks, you got to <laughs> hand it to him. He's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they quit sending him checks when uh, they were no longer the biggest kissed uh, podcast. Or, you know, the well, biggest oh, oh, kiss page Ian, on YouTube. Ian, by the way, I guess you don't know the news I, I, I announced. Um, I, I, I'm I adding all bands on my YouTube page, so it's no longer a kiss podcast. And no longer a kiss channel. So, um, and I just sacrificed the biggest kiss channel, the one that kicks three sides ass. And um, I just sacrificed it because I'm tired of spreading everything around. And the reason I did it, Ian, is because in a dream... Bon Scott told me to do it. Well, th that's good. Uh, but but while, while we're, I, I, I do have a question for, for Michael that, uh, you know, surprisingly, because we know a lot of people who do KISS podcasts, but this is something that I, I've never even asked them, but I'll ask Mike. Uh, do you ever get sick or feel limited by doing something that is just, you know, the attention on one fucking band? We you thought we, we, honestly, we thought we would. I mean, good Lord, how do we come up with something to talk about every week for six years about one band? But leave it to this band and the fans. There's always something, it seems like, almost every week that you can talk about. 
Well, you, you, you brought up a good point because they haven't put out a good album in 30-something years and they still keep going. So And and, and listen, point. we've never I don't know if we've ever reviewed an album on our show. We don't do that stuff. We just talk. Yeah, sounds appealing. Uh, all right. I, hey, don't ask me. It yeah. works. Uh, <coughs> apparently, if you look at the numbers, it doesn't. Uh... <laughs> But enough about that. Uh, Their numbers are great when I'm on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They went. They, they were so great. We had to fire your ass. Yeah, I, I got more views than fucking Bruce Kulick and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Look at that. That Chris Jericho and Bruce Kulick, and I still got more numbers than those guys. Um, I think you actually got less numbers your last time than Izzy, though. Yeah, but but Ian, tell them about summertime. How nobody's around. Yeah, yeah. Nobody listens excuses, to excuses. Oh, and Izzy, Izzy got more numbers. I gotta go check that. Izzy sucks. That Izzy, guy got Izzy, more numbers than me. I Izzy, doubt that. Izzy, who? Izzy Stradlin? Uh, yeah, he wishes. Yeah. It's this uh, Izzy Presley. Izzy Presley. And look, check check this out. Ian. he said, "Oh, I'm gonna name myself Izzy Presley," and then he turns around and says, "Doctor Fuck is a stupid name." I mean, I know it's stupid, but shit, he doesn't not realize. He's got a stupid name, too? Is yeah. impressive. Yeah, I was going to try to name myself Michael Brandvoid, but asshole was copyrighted, you know? So I had to go with fucking Wadzilla. Well, there you go. Oh, Jesus <clears throat> Christ. So, Michael, um, t- tell us how you discovered Molly Hatcher. Um, shit, it was like in the early 80s. Okay. You I heard, him on the, heard him on the radio. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't, get deep into them until the beat and the odds album but i do remember um songs from the first two albums getting played on kq up in minneapolis where i grew up so okay, i was gonna ask you about that so so you're a yankee like me huh you know i'm, I'm from southern chicago I, I i mean i know you live in the san francisco bay and keep that in mind because if you really piss me off uh, Bill Wang does have a gun pointed in your room right now. Uh, uh, so, you know, all I have to do is pick up the fucking phone and shebang. Bill uh, Wang begs to be my friend. Oh, oh, oh. Trust, Bill Wang has you in his crosshairs right now. Uh, you know. No. Hey, don't, hey, you can't call Carl Malden. You can't call Michael Douglas. You can't call the streets of San Francisco. That motherfucker has you in his crosshairs. You yeah. better not piss me off. But anyway, so you're a Midwesterner, but you you like this hillbilly shit growing up? Okay. Yeah, right because on. the Midwest was uh, big into rock. Yeah, yeah, good rock, like Bob Seger and Bob Ted Seger. Nugent. Yeah. Ted yeah. Nugent. Yeah. Molly Hatchet. Not so much. You weren't <laughs> around, you douche. Oh, I was fucking around. You weren't around. around. You were still playing with your, with your, with the crap in your fucking. Diet. Oh, this motherfucker's fucking fifty years old. Still listen to Kiss. Don't tell me I'm out of touch. For Christ's sake. Well, I'm fifty-four. Uh, and I was still listening to Kiss. I listen to them today. Yeah, but you know. Uh, but oh, uh, come on, come on, Ian. You got to be rude to me too. You do it on every fucking show. What, you just gonna fo- focus on Michael here? Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to get in trouble for making fun of the Jews and the Cubans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this this is this is 2019. I'll never work again. I uh, know, do you Mike, work? <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> okay. uh, but you've got a job, though. He just hides yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that's interesting, though. You're, you're a Midwesterner. 
Uh, well, from South Canada, wherever the fuck you're from in Minnesota. Um, but but you live you live in the San Francisco Bay Area right now, and and Bill Wang knows exactly where. Um, but uh, you you came to this band as a young man, okay? Interesting. And also, I also have to bring up the point that back in the '70s and early '80s, uh, right. the whole redneck culture really infected all America. You had Dukes of Hazard smoking the Bandit. You know, you had a yeah. lot, you know, Hee Haw, and you had all this shit that it was it was really uh, nas- national, not just uh, South Florida or and, Florida. And, 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 no, I will, I, but, but I, re- I remember growing up, uh, you know, listening to uh, to rock radio. Uh, you know, I was a listener from a very young age, and there were selective Molly Hatchet songs that you would hear. You know, the popular ones, the ones that weren't on the albums that Michael Brandbold picked. Um, I but, picked the first album here, asshole. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. And, and there, there's at that. least there's at least two songs off this debut album that radio was all over. Yeah, there's two songs on that. You know, not 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 the best fucking Molly Hatchet song. You could have picked the best fucking album by this mediocre band. You, you had to. Which one? The one in the Which middle? one's that? Yeah, the one in the middle. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Flirt with uh, Disaster's got maybe one really good song. Oh, uh, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, that, yeah, th- cool. that, that makes it better than these other two. No, uh, I, I, I'll give the edge to the first one, but man, Flirt with Disaster rules. No, you're right. Whiskey Man and Flirt with Disaster, good tunes. But, I, you know, based on just my listening habits, I go to the first album more than I go to the second album. Okay. Well, so do I. All right. But you, you okay, so, uh, you know, I know I took a detour here, but you grew up in, in Minnesota listening to this shit. And, uh, and, and, and you dug it. You, you had an infatuation for it. That's cool. Continue. And then uh, Beating the Odds Tour, they're they're coming in concert and i'm like wow i'm gonna go see these guys in concert and i was just blown away it was just like who were they opening up for they weren't opening they were headlining oh they were headlining by then they probably they probably had and i'm guessing because i saw so many of these triple bills back then (laughs) but it was probably somebody like ufo and or msg and saxon opening for wow Wow, I bet that VFW was packed. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, so that, he, that's... He's, Ralph. He's so out of touch, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he's younger, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like... No, I, I, I am young. By the time I grew up, you had to be good to headline. But, but get ready, Michael. There's some similarities with you and Ian, and I'll bring that up later. Uh, or both of you are pole smokers, in my opinion. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> but all right, so that's so, savages. So, so, so that's it. That's uh, that's how you discovered them, and you went to see them live. That was your first concert, you said. That was my first arena concert. <clears throat> Did you go with somebody? Nope. No, just went by myself. That's pretty badass. So, you think about it. But no, I, 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 I mean, was Molly Hatch? No, I checked myself. I did actually. I went with some old, old friend from high school. Okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't go to a concert alone for years. But I mean, was Molly Hatchet actually playing, or were they like security? <laughs> uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, yeah, your friend Ian Waters. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, all right. I'll talk. Uh, that, uh, that's it, right, Michael? You, you already introduced your. You're yeah, discovering yeah. the Molly Hatchet. Beating the odds tour really hooked me on them and and i've just been a fan of them ever since 
with with a little caveat of the band that's out now sucks. Yeah, because they have no original members. No original members. They don't have triple guitars. The sound's completely different. It's. I haven't even, even heard it. They, have they released albums? This yes, time? yes, they keep releasing albums. They, they have. They keep, you know, for whatever reason, go figure. They're big in Europe. Wow. They, they they tour Europe like every year. They're signed to SBV Records over in Europe. Right. Well, that's the only way they get meth over in Europe, uh, you know, because it's predominantly made here in America. Well, Ian, how how about you? Um, All right. Well, uh, I, th- there are a few uh, songs that I did know growing up, of course. Uh, you know, flirting with disaster, whiskey man. Th- th- those were ones that were staples. There- there's a song on the first album we're going to review that was a major song uh, played on classic rock radio. But uh, you know, up north, you know, we don't have you know southern rock. We have freedom rock. You know, because we won the war. Uh, you know, it's more like the land of Bob Seger and shit like that. Uh, but I-, I knew a couple of songs and I liked them. But when I first became like really aware, I'll never forget it. Sixth grade, sixth grade, I'm on the school bus with Nick Moscolo. I don't even know if he's alive or dead, but he had a greatest hits. And I remember looking at the cover, and I'm like, "Holy shit, does that look cool? I mean, this looks metal. You know, I'm getting into metal. I'm like, this has got to be awesome." And uh, I was like, "Let me borrow that." And and, and then I put it in. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" You know, this third-rate fucking Leonard Skinner, you know, and just kind of, you know, I gave him the tape back, like, the next day, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather listen to Asylum, real metal, with real costumes. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, and and then when I moved to Florida, you know, in my early 20s, oh, man, it was one of those things, you know, it was like Skinner. You know, it's like, God damn, you would hear Skinner and Molly Hatch on the radio so much. You know, and, and I, I do love Skinner, but there was years I went from listening to them just because of, you know, I worked construction and it was always, you know, the radio was on classic rock radio. You would hear the same 10 songs every day and just like, ugh. And then you would hear Molly Hatchett, who was like a third rate version of Leonard Skinner. And I'm like, ugh. They, they have a couple songs that step up. That's just like, yeah, this is, I, I, I don't know. Uh, not 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 that great to me, and I'm surprised that. Well, I'm not surprised Branvold picked it. I mean, he has a Kiss podcast for Christ's sake, and Ralph well, now he... you now you guys got a Molly Hatchet podcast. So what's that uh, say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This don't say shit about me. This says everything about how big Ralph's ego is to point out that he has a bigger Kiss show than you. It has <laughs> nothing. Don't involve me in this bullshit. Well, I had one. Yeah, yeah you know, he, right. But, he had but, one. Oh, the numbers will still be there. The numbers will still be there, you know. But you should definitely call it Saxon Central because fuck Kiss fans. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, they, they do have a couple of good songs. I'll say that. And I actually saw these guys live. Uh, I saw yeah. them uh, 19, I want to say 97 or 98. Uh, Bradwell, uh, was anybody was Holbrook in the band? Uh, I think that was the be- yes. that was probably already the second generation with no original members in it. Uh, no, I, I I saw they opened up for Blue Oyster Cult, and uh, a friend of mine that I worked with, he you know he's a Florida boy, loves Southern rock, 
he loves Molly Hatcher, but he couldn't make it to the show. So I did make a thing. They were like passing out flyers for a new Molly Hatched album, and they did a signing thing. So I went up and got it signed. And at the time, I believe there was no original members in the band, but there was an original roadie. And I, and I was like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? What keeps you here after all these years? And he's like, I got fired from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and I need a job. Uh, and I was like, cool. And that, that's a true story, though. I did see them open up for Blue Oyster Cult. And I was very upset because Molly Hatchet went on longer than their allotted time. So it got it cut into Blue Oyster Cult's time. And I was very, very pissed. Because I'm like, really? This band's got like three songs I want to fucking hear. But they keep going. And, and now I'm not going to hear fucking, you know, songs from a good band. Um, but, uh... It's one of those things I was like, eh, maybe I'll give it a chance. So, you know, I had Mr. X download me the discography, but I never got around to checking out really until we had to do this review. And it's the first time that I've heard either of these albums in their entirety. Uh, and it only gets worse from here. Ralph, why don't you talk about the hillbillies you grew up with in Hialeah and why they made you listen to Molly Hatchet? Yeah, that is true. I, I was, uh, my all my friends... See, back in the day, back in South Florida, during this time, it was uh, a melting pot. It's not yeah. like now where... Until the Cubans came in. Yeah, the Cubans came in and ruined everything. <laughs> and, <clears throat> seriously, the Marielitos, you know, the people that came here in the boat lift are the horrible Cubans. We had good Cubans before then. Um, and I'm not racist because I can talk bad about my own race. And um, uh, But, you know, it, it was mo- predominantly rednecks that I grew up with. And they were... So far than the rednecks you, you hear in the, I don't know about now or other parts of the country, but the rednecks I grew up with were far from racist. Yes, they had the rebel flag, but they had like black co-workers at their house. I said this story before. We, we uh, One time, my friend played a Cheech and Chong album in the house and the Cheech and Chong album said the N-word and the dad, the, the good old boy redneck said, Turn that shit off and don't be playing that garbage in my house. So, you know, I mean, they were, and you know, they had me there. I'm a spick. So, yeah, of, of course, Skinner was the first. And, you know, Skinner died and uh, they were gone. And then this band comes along that's kind of like Skinner. And, uh, and, and the first album I went out and bought from the song <laughs> Gator Country. You know, I heard Gator Country and... Um, I bought the album and I absolutely fell in love with this album. Now, what you said before is funny, Ian, about being in the in the bus and you saw the cover you wanted to hear. The same thing happened to my old guitar player. Uh, he saw the first album and he bought it. And he went home and he was horrified. What the hell is this crap? Because it is a very heavy metal looking album. But um, but I fell in love with them. I saw them open for Bob Seger. Oddly enough, we were talking about them and. Uh, the guitar army they were just fucking flawless now my main my mind my brain must be mush because i could have sworn that show was um was danny joe brown but that was against the wind and against the wind was 1980 so beat me odds was 1980 right michael i think so yeah so that would have been uh jimmy jimmy, jimmy. yeah he so was I he saw- did two he did two albums beating the odds and uh what was the one after beating the odds? Um, take no prisoners. Take no prisoners. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, he, he did the EP after that. Like two weeks later, I'm be working at Seven Eleven. All right. Well, that that was a clunker. 
This guy's dropping deuces all over the place. Uh, well, uh, oh, then you should feel at home. <laughs> Ooh. Zinger. So, yeah, I, I, I love this band. I, and, uh, and, you know, another thing is, like, yeah, I saw that show, but yet the jersey I bought at that show was the Flirting with Disaster. Might have been maybe late 80s, uh, late 1980 did this album come out? I don't know. Uh, all um, I know, I could have sworn it was... Beating the Odds came out in 80. Take No Prisoners was 81. Oh, but I'm saying what month in 1980? Uh, Beat the Prisoners came out in September of 1980. Uh, okay, so maybe Danny Joe Brown, maybe it was an early... I got to look it up on Google. Is it the Miami Baseball Stadium? Exactly. I, I think it was a summer show. I'm not sure. But I could have sworn, and I don't remember, you know, the, the only Molly Hatchet shirt they had was Flint with Disaster, a jersey, so I bought that. So I could have sworn it was Danny Joe Brown. And I did see him again with Danny Joe Brown. I never seen him with Jimmy unless Jimmy was at that show. You know, I don't know. But I, I'm a huge fan of... Uh, I, I think you would know because they're very different. They, they're, yeah, they, they're physically very different. Exactly. Yeah, Jimmy was a big boy. Yes. Uh, but that's why I'm, I'm almost positive it had to be Danny Joe Brown. And that you know? could be. I don't, I don't rem- I don't know the minutia details as to when did Danny Joe Brown actually leave the band. But well, the Beyond's album and tour were Jimmy. If, if uh, you know, I know you can't always go by Wikipedia, but it says right here. In uh, June 5th of 1980, Danny Joe Brown drank from the same water fountain as a colored person, and they kicked him out of the band and got the next singer. So when, I didn't when, know that. When did you see him, Ralph? It, 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 I'm thinking summer, because back then those baseball stadium shows were summertime. Yeah, yeah that could be close, then. That could be close. Wow. No, that... no, no telling who you saw. And back then, man, they were bring out albums real quick, every band. So who knows? Maybe he quit and he may beat me odds a week later with Jimmy, you know? Who knows? But <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I, I became a fan ever since. I I wasn't really, um, you know, keeping up with them a lot uh, after beating the odds. Uh, so I am I do have some of those albums. I have the album uh, something, uh, Death Before Guts or something like that. No Guts, No Glory. That yeah, was have, the album that Danny Joe Brown came back to the that, band. Yeah, I have that one too. And, but, uh, but, and and listen, as much as I love these guys, after the first three albums, they kind of really kind of lost it. They, you know, they started to change because of record label influence and they became... More commercial, yeah, AOR. Well, you should check out the fourth album. It's called No Originality, No Worry. I think there's some hits on there. Diane Warren wrote a couple. Interesting. Hey, 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 you know, Ian will love this. It'll make make him love this topic even more. You know what Kiss song Molly Hatchet covered? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Heart. Yeah. From your favorite album, Hot in the Shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite album, you fucking kiss apologist. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm not apologizing for that album. That was a terrible album. All right, I'm going to tell Paul you said that. All right, right, Michael. Why don't you take track one, Bounty Hunter? Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's got probably one of the greatest lines of any song ever. (laughs) You know $500 will get your head blown off? It, it will. will. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that. Love it. 
Uh, Ian? Oh, oh, you have anything I... else to say, Mike? No, no. I think it's yeah. just, it's one of, you know, track one of their debut album. You know, that, that whole track is just, that's Molly Hatcher right there. Listen to that. Uh, Ian? Uh, all right. This, this is like Leonard Skinner's 38 special and Charlie Daniels had a three-way and the doctor used a plastic coat hanger to fucking try to abort it. Uh, you fucking hillbillies. Listen to some Bob Seger. This is some unoriginal bullshit. Good God almighty. This, this is bad. This, this isn't good. This isn't good record. All right. Uh, in a way, Ian does have a point, but I, I disagree as far as uh, the quality of the song is fucking killer. Uh, I think Danny Joe Brown's voice is full of piss and vinegar, and I love the solo. And in the middle of the solo, when Danny Joe Brown does that little whistle, and it just goes into that shredding part, I think it's fucking badass. But go listen to the song Double Trouble by Skinner. It's the same damn song. They did, I mean, not exactly, but there are certain parts of this song, because I, I didn't hear Double Trouble till after knowing Bounty Hunter, and I was like, wait a second, this sounds like Bounty Hunter, you know? So there was a little borrowing on this song, but I still love it, and I'll take this over Double Trouble, and I love Double Trouble. All right. and, 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 and listen, the cover of that album is just badass. I love it. It is an incredible album cover. All their covers are really cool. <clears throat> All right, the next one's uh, Gator Country. And uh, this one is, like I said, it's the one that made me buy the album. It's a huge part of the soundtrack to my youth. You know, I, I lived and still live in Gator Country. And here's a, a band singing about a song about my location. And they were very, very proud to be Floridian. Fuck Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, Gator Country bitch. And, you know, at the time, like I said, Southern, Southern Florida... Uh, was no different than North Florida. Now it's, you know, totally different. It was a bunch of good old boys down here and rebel flag flying rednecks that were the farthest from ra uh, racist like uh, <clears throat> like the media likes you to think. Uh, favorite part Heritage, is, not hate. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And my favorite part is where he goes, Oh, Gator Country, give me some of that chaw chaw. Yeah, that exactly. Rules. I love it. All right, Ian. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, God damn. Can, 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 can we just say, give Ian the same review of every song? Just yeah. uh, Fucking Marcus Lupin. Welby. Uh, Marcus, th this is to Leonard Skinner what Kingdom Come is to Led Zeppelin. I'll, I'll, I'll take a fucking pass. This is some watered down fucking shit. Like, oh, I'm ignorant and proud. Uh, and nothing original about it musically, nothing original about it lyrically. I mean, this is a copy of a copy of a copy. This, I mean, this is really like, God damn, at least 38 special new song structure. Not, not a fan of this crap. Hey, uh, oh, go ahead. You're not done. <laughs> no, no, that's, I know I'm definitely done. He's got to put, you got to find one more insult for the song. There, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I, I got to save something. For these other fucking uh, what seven tracks that are left. Every time I listen to Ian Bash shit, I like I can't help but think he's still pissed off about that Cure episode. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, no, I'm not pissed off because at least then we got to talk about a good album. Yeah, there you go. Point. That's why I can't get offended by whatever Ian says. He there just called that a good album. So you yeah. like the Cure, Michael? Uh, no. All right. Bummer. I was hoping you would. 
<laughs> All right, what do you think of Gator Country, Michael? Uh, you know, right there with you. Great tune. It epitomizes what Molly Hatchet is. It it really showcases Danny Joe Brown. I loved, I loved his vocal stylings in that he had those quote like ad lib moments where he put stuff into a song, which. I'm, I'm not saying it's exactly like David Lee Roth, but David Lee Roth did cool stuff like that. Oh, oh, no, 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 oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 you don't, no, you don't. Keep no. going, Michael. <laughs> so I just, I loved it. I love it. I mean, it's just a kick-ass tune, and I love the fact that these guys were not Leonard Skinner. They were not the Outlaws. You're they damn took, right about that. They they took that southern rock, that pure southern rock that those guys were doing, and Molly Hatchet added rock and roll to it. There you go. You know who also did that? I don't know if you ever looked into Blackfoot. Yeah, uh, I did. Blackfoot was very heavy and southern rock at the same time. All right, Michael, why don't you take the next one? It's called Big Apple. Uh, yeah, Big Apple. Uh, so let me just say, those first two songs are the the spotlight moments of this album everything else um well really? except, for a, except for halfway through and we'll get to it is a is a phenomenal cover that they do um the rest of them are just good songs you know i wouldn't say it big apple is weak it's not a filler song but it doesn't have the same southern grittiness of bounty hunter or gator country to me okay. that makes sense Right on. Um, uh, Ian? Yeah, this is some uh, country fried filler right fucking here. <laughs> yeah. You want to get to the core, it's like, hey, let's do Skinnered only poor. Jesus Christ. Uh, th- th- this is ridiculous. This is a bar band at best. A uh, total fucking waste of a track. But I am happy that it's only three minutes long. Ralph, what do you think? I, I, I like this more than both of you. Uh, and I, I'm not really a fan of verse, riff, verse, riff structured songs, but I think it works here. And, uh, you know, it's a song about how big and tough New York is. And uh, but they're like, we don't give a shit. We're rolling into town and we're going to fuck we're going to fuck you up. And I love that. I think it's a great, fun song. Uh, I'll go to the next one. Creeper. Uh, I think Creeper is the dark horse on this album. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Slow yeah. swagger, full of attitude. You know, I love that gonna be a cold, dark night. Lord, when the creeper comes along. That shit is so awesome. I love this fucking song. One of my favorite Molly Hatchet songs, actually. And not very talked about. And as far as I know, I mean, I know from the two times I saw it was never played, unfortunately. But uh, I love it. I love Creeper. How about you, Michael? You know, I, 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 I don't love it as much as the first two songs, but I, you're right. It is kind of the sleeper song in there. Um, it's better than the Big Apple, for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Do we, do, do we, do we need Ian, or are we just going to yeah. no, no, you know, no, 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 copy this... and paste his last review? No, and no this, this is an improvement. This is definitely an improvement. This is probably my favorite song on the fucking album. There you uh, go. That th- they've never played this live due to lawsuits from Leonard Skinner. No, uh, I sound, this one doesn't sound like Skinner. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some other ones, but this one doesn't sound like Skinner. Yeah, but it's, it's great. But you know who I'd love to hear this is Greg Allman, uh, much more than, uh, you know, Billy Joe Jim Bob. Uh, and, and that's another thing I got I got to say that uh, 
kind of deters me from this band. This, this guy has a weird fucking voice uh, that that I can't get behind. And what makes it like a double whammy is not only is it musically unoriginal, offering nothing new and a copy of a copy of, I, I, I just can't get behind this guy's froggy fucking delivery. Uh, but on this song, I gotta say, this is one I did actually enjoy. And so far, uh, you know, that ain't saying much, but this is my favorite track on the album. This is one, if I had to keep a song, uh, you know, on my playlist, I would keep Creeper. So that's probably the best you're going to get out of me for this one. I dig Creeper. But that's right. the best we get out of you the whole episode. Yeah, I yeah. think so, too. Now tell us <laughs> how the next song sucks. Uh, oh, 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 the price you pay. Let me look at my notes. Uh, at least it was short. Uh, that's my notes for this. Yeah. Horror. I mean, this is nothing. I mean, this 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 is filler. This is this is really third-rate fucking Skinner. I I mean, th- there's nothing here. I mean, at least 38 Special ripped off Skinner, but could write a tune and a catchy chorus. I mean, this is just fucking hillbilly rock and roll. This does nothing for me. This total total fucking filler. And oh god, I'm I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, the songwriting credits for this and like they you needed help to come up with this dreck you know that that's pretty bad like you, normally if you have like a you know people helping out here it'd, it'd be a better song this is totally forgettable does nothing mm-hmm. for me. what do you I'll think like, Brandful? um I'll, I'll put it at the same level as big apple it it it's an okay song but it's not it's one that I'm not looking forward to hearing. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. Uh, okay. So uh, you know, for whatever naked pictures you have, Ralph, you have carte blanche to. Uh, I to... don't give a fuck about pictures. You know the pictures I put up. Yeah, but but but, 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 I, but I mean, you you got to pick the albums that we're doing though, and I and I'm surprised. Like I kind of get why you picked beating the odds because it has a different singer, so it's a different outlook. But I, I don't get why we you would pick the lesser album out of the first two to review over now. This this is the better album of the first. Two. Oh, okay, okay. Well, all right. Well, hey, I don't know what kind of drugs you got there in San Francisco, but I'm sure I can't afford them where I live in San Francisco. All right, Ralph. What do you think of Price You Pay? Again, I have to say I like this song better than both of you. I think it's a great song, and you know I'm not a fan of instruments you blow into, but. Here it works because uh, this ain't no Robert Smith blowing the harmonica, but he sure the fuck can know how to blow a fucking army of cocks. Uh, this uh, this band are a bunch of men, no pansies, like parental guidance. Yeah, like you two cock smokers. That's right. That's right, Ian. This guy, Branville, likes parental guidance, like you. Turbo yeah. rocks. So you got, both get a room. Yeah. And, and you both like Molly Hatchet, so I, I think it kind of equals everything else. Yeah, well, at least, you know, there were men. Uh, where, where parental guidance, uh, you, you, got, you guys should go to each other's mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go to the next one. We flip the album over to Dreams I'll Never See. This is my favorite track off the album. And I love the Allman Brothers, and I love their version. But not as much as this one, and I guess it has to do probably about timeline, because I've lived with this song years before hearing the original. There's just something how they, you know, this song is just, it's so, it's it's smooth. And then, you know, that extended solo where every note is perfectly constructed. 
I think this song is fucking flawless. Now, Ian, I gotta hear this. Okay, well, um, you know, unlike Brandboyd, I'm always honest. And I will say this, and, and, and this, this hurts me to my core. Uh, I will take this over the Allman Brothers version. And I, I love the Allman Brothers version. This is a perfect fucking cover. Uh, um, and as much as it pains me to say this, it bettered the original. This is a well-deserved classic. I love this fucking song. And there's a reason why this one's still played on classic rock radio. It's an amazing take on this. And, uh, you know, for a band, it, to my ears, doesn't have a lot to offer especially as far as originality. Uh, they did something with this. They made it their own, and I prefer this version. It could be due to timeline. I mean, this is the version I grew up with, much like you I knew before the Allman Brothers version. And, of course, the Allman Brothers blows this band away. But what they did with this song is fucking awesome, and even I can't deny this. Uh, it, this is probably, besides flirting with disaster... And Whiskey Man, uh, probably the most quintessential fucking Molly Hatchet song. And they do a great job here. I can't complain. All right, Michael? Uh, I would start by saying this is probably, and, and this is only in relation to the original band, not the band that's out now. This is probably the, the, the best song they do live. When they do Dreams I'll Never See live, it, it was phenomenal watching that live. Yeah, and the crowd gets excited because they're not playing a Molly Hatchet song. <laughs> See, he, 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 he praises it, and then he's just got to, he, he, he just has that urge to get back uh, to being an ass. I'm keeping it real, goddammit. I'm keeping it real. He's just upset. I don't like the cure. <laughs> um, but you're right. You know, this version, better than the Allman, Greg Allman's version. Um, you know, they, they, they make it a Molly Hatchet song. And, and when people do covers, that's what I sort of like is, that, you know, I don't want you to just do an exact replica of somebody else's song. I can go listen to the original. Same if you're going to cover somebody, take a chance and make it your own. And Molly Hatchet did that now to the point where I think like all three of us are saying, this is almost the song. People will hear this and go, isn't that a Molly Hatchet song? Right. Not a Molly Hatchet song, but you know the Molly Hatchet version more than anybody. And and it's it's a song that, to me, I love the way it starts, and then as it gets into that middle, it's got it's got that extended guitar solo. It feels like it's a a freaking freight train just rolling right through, and just you know, it's just massive the way it gets going. And and you're right, you know, you can hear every note in those solos, and it's just flowing, and it's just. It's a fabulous song, especially live. God, yeah. I can't believe I agree with Bramvold here. This, this, well, this, that's this how song. good that song is. Yeah. Man. Like, you know, when he said he was ashamed that cancer got Eric Carr, I was like, this is deplorable. You know, but when he said that this is, you know, the best Molly Hatchett song, I gotta agree. See, I see, gotta agree. Ralph, this is why people hate me. Because <laughs> because you're a douche. Because, because because people just say shit attributed to me, and everyone believes it. Well, did you, you know, not did you not say that? No. Well, you should have. You probably would have got more ratings. You fucking loser. You said it. Well, you know. I I know, and I'm gonna get a great turnout for this episode, even though it's Molly Hatchet. 
Well, we had that little exchange of words back then. Uh, soon after is when that episode aired. Uh, Eric Carr, Eric Singer, Eric Carr was just a drummer, and and I didn't. Even, that actually made me not want to listen. I was like, oh, I see what he's doing here. The whole Howard Stern, you know, if they hate him, why do they keep listening? You know. So I didn't want to be like, you know, one of that, those that, that 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 episode was a perfect example of picking a headline that was going to drive people nuts. How well, did it do? You remember? I don't, I, I don't. I have to go back and look at the numbers. Yeah, it, it probably did well because you know people love to be offended. You know. They, well, you know, I don't well, know about I, you guys. I, but I, we would get I, so I, we get so many people who who would get pissed without ever listening to the show. They're just pissed because this is what the show was titled. And it's like, right. yeah, but you didn't actually listen to what we said, did you? Well, no. Well, then go back and listen before you leave a comment. After. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I am a guy. I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm a stickler for the numbers, you know. And I paid attention to what are the biggest three sides of the coins episode, you know. And uh, one of them was, you know, Kiss isn't even that good. We love Men Without Hats. But if we said that out loud, nobody would listen. You know, so I saw I men without. I, I saw men without hats. I know you ago. did. I know you did. And did you and like them? the well, the first thing that that I noticed is they actually didn't wear hats. <laughs> oh, there oh, you go. oh! I, I I bet you were as disappointed as when you saw Kiss and Paul didn't actually sing. Oh. <laughs> I have I haven't seen Kiss on this tour. Yeah, not not this tour yet. He was singing on the, all the other tours. Oh, 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 oh! Really? They cut you off. No, you know, I, they, I, just, they I, just haven't come around his area yet. They, they haven't come around my area, and I'm not the type of fan that travels around the world to go see them. Really, but you'll you'll do a fucking podcast all about them. Wow, sure you're you. gonna disappoint a lot of people by saying that, Michael. People <laughs> figure you'd be traveling. Yeah, to. you're gonna disappoint 50 people that listen to our show, which is which is 48 people more than listen to your show. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, all uh, right. Next track, uh, Michael. I'll be running. Um, I'll be running. Not bad, but you know, it to me, it, it's one of those uh, Big Apple, the price you pay songs. Uh, it 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 doesn't leave a lasting impression with me. Okay. Uh, Ian. All right. What song is this? Number I'll be seven. running. Number seven. Uh, actually, I didn't mind this song. I in my notes, I put one of the better ones. Doesn't mean it's good, but I put one of the better ones. I don't know. I only listen to song or this album. I, I think one and a half times, and this is probably on the half time. But uh, this one didn't bother me as much, apparently. So uh, I don't have nothing too much bad to say about it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I, I, I love this one. I love that Southern Fried riffage going on. Yeah, it, it, it's a great cheap track, and uh, that was played live. When I saw them and surprised as, you know, because I always saw this as kind of a filler. And they played this instead of Creeper, which I would have taken Creeper. And and again, Danny making that harmonica sound great. I, I love how the solo section, um, you know, brings it up a notch. Because I think the solo section of this song is the best part of the song. But I don't mind the rest of it. I just think it, it just escalated with the solo. The next song is called Cheatin' Woman. And uh, <clears throat> I love this one too. I think it's a uh, heavy southern tunage. Uh, I love the chorus, that cheating woman. Uh, this this band is just flat out, you know, ass kicking. And uh, and I also <laughs> say this one is a deep track. 
Um, hey, Ian, why don't you tell us about Cheating Woman? Oh, well, I would, I would agree it's a deep track because if this is on my playlist, it would be buried deep. So I never had to fucking hear it. Uh, Ouch, not, my feelings. Not, not, nothing <laughs> special here. I, again, this is... Uh, and I see what they're trying to do, man. But it's it's really beating a fucking dead horse. I mean, there's there's so many other southern rock bands that have done shit like this, done it better musically, done it better lyrically. I mean, this is this is totally filler. But I don't even know if it's qualified as filler. You know, it's just it's not good. Uh, but. Thankfully, it was short. I mean, that, that was the greatest thing about, re, you know, reviewing this album. Like, oh, man. You know, there's a couple long tracks, but other than that, they're like three minutes. You know, they're like the the worst, longest, southern fried, retarded Ramon songs you ever heard. Oh, uh, lucky uh, for you, this wasn't released in the late 80s. It'd be 80 minutes long. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, not a fan of this one. What do you think of Cheat Woman, uh, I, I, Michael Brown? First of all, I think you guys got to call this episode. How many different ways can Ian insult the same band? Uh, that'd be every episode. You should have heard the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Candomass. Candomass. Yeah, you should have. You should have heard that one. Yeah, it's the same. Same thing. I hate. I hate that Ralph is yeah. here. So let me get yeah. off on. Yeah, yeah. I, I am the Molly Hatchet of podcasters. I'm a one-trick pony. I only have one joke, and it's not that good. That's why they don't go over too well. Yeah, but we still have more numbers than you. So what do you think of this song? <laughs> um, it's a deep cut. Uh, you know, uh, Ralph kind of... A, a deep cut, like, is it you're going to bleed out, or it's a good song? <laughs> As a good song. Oh, you, you fucking idiot. Okay, go Ian, ahead. Hey, Ian, you know yes, $500 to get your head blown off? It will. <laughs> Yeah, but but Michael, I gotta say, two hundred dollars will get your head blown off too. Cause remember, Bill Wang lives near you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right between the crosshairs, baby. Right, one call, one call does it all. Yeah, one yeah, call and a six pack. You'd have to wake him out of up out of his blackout state. Hey, hey, no, he's on meth now. He's awake. He's awake. He knows right where you are. Really, meth meth keeps you up. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, so I gotta I've, try that. So, so I've heard. Sorry, I'm try that because I get sleepy a lot. I need to try that meth. Um, all right, how about trust an old friend, Michael? What do you think of that one? Last uh, track. It, it 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 it's a good way to end this album. Uh, you know what I love, other than other than Greg Allman, every one of these songs is written by band members. Now Price You Pay's got a couple other co-writers, but it just shows this whole album shows how great. That original band was at writing songs. I agree. Uh, Ian, trust an old friend. Uh, well, yeah. When uh, when Ronnie Van Zant heard this, he crashed the fucking plane because he was afraid he'd get written in as a co-writer. Oh, this is total fucking Skinnered ripoff and horrible at that. But. I, I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for this song because it is the last and the album. Uh, I, I Jeez, that we saw from, that one coming. Yeah, uh, I love this song. I think it's a fun boogie woogie song. Great message of those times when you you know you had trust in old friends. You know, unlike today. I mean, Ian is my friend, but I don't trust him worth. I don't trust him worth shit. And Michael, I do consider you a friend, and I also don't trust you worth a shit. So uh, there you go. 
Uh, this is, that... this is, e, Ralph, Ralph, this, every, everything we've been doing since you first came on Three Sides is part of my master plan to destroy you. I know. I, I, I'm aware of that, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't executed on it yet. It's just all getting set up. Yeah, I know. You're just waiting <laughs> to get that boxing ring. You and Izzy are going in the boxing oh, ring. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That, that'll that be the easiest win ever. I will kick the living shit out of that guy's ass. All you got to do is throw some 7-Eleven pasta in the ring, divert his attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Izzy Presley, if he faces me in the in the, in the ring, it's going to be the equivalent of Elvis Presley when he sat on that toilet. <laughs> I will kill him. He sucks. And, and again, Ian doesn't know none of this. Doesn't know who Izzy Presley is. Not the war I've had of him, because, you know, my co-host does not care about anything about me except my coattails. That's it. Is, it, is this the podcast you got in a fight with? No. Actually, uh, it's because of that podcast I got in a fight with, I ended up on three sides. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck him, too, then. Oh, that guy. that guy's a complete idiot. That guy makes Michael look good. All right. <laughs> well, this album was released September 1st, 1978. Produced by Tom Warman and Pat Armstrong. Uh, believe it or not, this shit went platinum. In I 19- believe it. I believe in, it. In 1980, it peaked on the Billboard 200. Oh, that, that's kind of surprising. I would have figured it went platinum like in 79. You know? Because uh, yeah. it was all over the radio back then. I would have thought it went platinum 100 years from now. But uh, it did peak uh, at 64, which is impressive, though. I mean, that's... It peaked at 64, but still went platinum. So, uh, there you go. That is the first of two Molly Hatchet albums, unfortunately. We are, uh... And we kind of breezed through this, so this ain't going to be that long of an episode. Really? Because that seemed like a fucking eternity to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is, but when you talk, it takes forever. Exactly. All right, then we'll go into the next one, Beating the Odds. This is the one that Michael wanted. To, I wanted to do either one, uh, the first one or the second one, and Michael said, let's do the first one and third one. Uh, we usually don't do two albums uh, at the same time, but uh, we are now. So, um, And it's good because we pretty much flew by the first one. So um, Beating the I'm Odds. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, Ralph, I'm sure we'll pretty much get the same reviews out of Ian. So. Oh, of course. No, oh, I think oh, oh no, it, it, it's far worse for this one. Yeah, I don't think he's going <laughs> to find anything on this. I was surprised he found two on the other one, or three, whatever it was. But uh, I bought this album when it was new because of the title track, and I loved it. And uh, I really enjoy this album. So, uh, spoiler, a couple parts I'm not too crazy about, but... For the most part, I like it. Is it as good as the first two? No, I don't think so. No, but, it's it's definitely not as good as the first two, but I will say it's their last really good album. Right. You know, their first their first three albums are a good set. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, good one, two, three punch. Yep, exactly, uh, exactly. And uh, so this is what... This was your first uh, Molly Hatchet album? Uh, this was... Yeah, this is probably the first album I actually bought. It was because Beating the Odds was getting a ton of radio airplay. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember how I ended up, when I ended up buying all the others. But, you know, this is the one that sort of just sucked me in. And it's just like, and, and, and I got to be honest, I don't know if I even realized when I first heard Beating the Odds on the radio, if Danny Joe Brown wasn't there any longer. And you already you know, knew who Danny Joe Brown was. 
I knew who Jan- Danny Joe Brown was. Um, but you got to remember, as 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 we all love to say, timeline is everything. Back in 1980, there's no internet. You're lucky you're getting little news bits out of Hit Parade or a Circus Magazine. So knowing about band member changes isn't something that's spread like wildfire all over the place. Right. Uh, one question is, this, you know, uh, the guy that runs Molly Hatchet now, was his debut in the in the Danny Joe Brown band, or was he in Molly Hatchet? He was that? he, it, and it's Bobby Ingram is the guy yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He was um, the lead guitarist in Danny Joe Brown's solo band, mm-hmm. and then when Danny Joe Brown came back to Molly Hatchet, I think Bobby came along as a guitar player. And who left? Did Dave leave for him, or did they add just another guitar player? You know, I don't remember because that that was definitely a point in time where I'm like, listen, I'm I'm always going to be a Molly Hatchet fan, but I'm sort of checking out because they're losing their sound, they're losing their identity, they're you know, I they were now playing clubs to 300 people, every everything was just going south at that point in time. So I right. don't remember the exact history of who left and and whatnot, but that that was. I think that was when Lightning Strikes Twice or something like that was the album title that that uh, Danny Joe Brown did with Molly Hatch and I think Bobby Ingram was lead guitarist. Because I remember seeing them at a club in Chicago called The Thirsty Whale. Thirsty Whale! Fuck yeah! I've been to so many shows at The Whale. Fucking A, dude. That's awesome. I lived in Chicago for 11 years. You sound like it, you fucking prick. <laughs> but fuck, but fucking hey, you went to the thirsty whale. I'm gonna give you a straight cred for that. Probably, probably the bar with the lowest ceiling anywhere. You remember but have that? You ever, have you ever been to the Aragon Ballroom? Oh, the no, no, it's called the Aragon Brawl Room. Okay, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you fucking some cred for that. God damn it! And that club that was in Police Academy, right? What was the name of that club again? The Blue Oyster. You were you at the da, Blue da, Oyster. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, Ian, you know what? Uh, for shits and giggles, I'm gonna have you take the first track, the title track, "Beating the Odds." Uh, all right. Well, well, here you go, man. I mean, you got uh, you got Molly Hatchet, who are coming in like fucking ten years too late, being a dead horse, and and now you got a fucking new lead singer, and I'm like, God damn, you go from. You know what you had before, to even worse, because you know because now you, you don't have Billy Joe Jim Bob, you got Bobby Sue Hagar singing on this shit. Oh my God! I mean, I mean, really, like as bad as I thought, fucking Molly Hatchet was before. Like now it's like basically like oh you got Sammy Hagar, you got the singer from Survivor singing for fucking Molly Hatchet. Not a good fucking intro. Not a good intro. This already is a copy of a copy of a copy, and now you got a, like a shitty AOR singer. Oh, this song is 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 horrible. R- Ralph, but, Ralph but, is he listening to the same album? Uh, an AOR singer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Believe me, he is. This is bizarre. Yes. Yeah, but but to me, I'm like, God damn, this almost makes me wish I was listening to the first album again. This is really bad. What do you think, Ralph? 
Uh, this is one of my favorite Molly Hatchet songs, actually. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, the first time I heard it, I ran and bought the album. I think it's a smoking, hard rock and southern rock song with an extremely killer, catchy chorus. And, uh, like I said, it's one of my favorite songs they've ever done. What do you think, Michael? I, I, I agree. I mean, it was the song that really hooked me to love this band, uh, everything about this band. And, and you know... Um, to, to, to say that he that Jimmy sounds like uh, an AOR sing, I don't think so at all. I mean, he doesn't have Danny Joe Brown's southern grittiness, but Jimmy sure has a southern feel to him. It didn't phase me when Danny Joe Brown left and Jimmy's the singer because you know what? It still worked. Yeah, I thought I thought it worked as well. He I was a, see- he was a great fit. He wasn't he wasn't a copy of Danny Joe Brown. But he sounded great. He was, he sounded like a good singer for Molly Hatchet. And, you know, I mean, he was like 400 pounds, and you got to give it up to Molly <laughs> yeah. Hatchet. Yeah. You know, to, to hire somebody like, you know, like that. That's the one know? thing about Molly Hatchet. They're not a pretty band. No, that's why Ian doesn't like them. You know, he's, he's a Bang Tango fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you no, laugh. No, you no, laugh, but it's true. Is he really? <laughs> yes. God's sake! You lost all credibility. Well, that, that, that's why I don't take them serious, dude. <laughs> Someone like you is a great song. in the red room. Hey, that's love hate. <laughs> oh, all right, same thing. <laughs> Marcus Welby. All right, uh, Michael, what do you think of Double Talker, the next song? Um, good, t- good song. You know, it's still got um, Dave Lubeck um, as a songwriter. And listen, I mean, as I, one of the things I've learned over the years about this band, Dave is was critical to this sound of this band. J- not just because he was a great lead guitarist, but because he wrote so much stuff. And to me, that's what's cool when you look at these albums later on in your life. You start realizing who was responsible for the sound. Right. And, and, right. and, and honestly, I will say, I mean, listen, Danny Joe Brown, huge responsibility for those first two albums. And he's not anywhere. He didn't even write anything on this one. Um, but it held up. So that just shows how strong the other guys are for songwriting. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's a killer song. But I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of the bridge of this song. I think it's a little, I don't know, a little off, off, off-putting for me. But uh, the rest of it, I really think it, it, it kills. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, but I, I just feel the bridge doesn't really fit it that well. But that's my only complaint about this. Unlike uh, this next, this next uh, opinion, what do you think of Double Talker there, Ian? <laughs> well, let me tell you, it sucks. Yeah. And it sucks more, and it still sucks. And it's a cheap imitation of blah, blah, blah. Blackout in the red room. <laughs> Who wrote the song? Who wrote the song? Dave Lubeck and Dwayne Rowland. Dave Lubeck and and, and who? <laughs> I bet you can't even spell Lubeck. Yeah, yeah. Well, well on Ian's defense, neither can I. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not that good with Pollocks, but uh, they both owe a great deal of money to Great White because they ripped off the band they ripped off. Oh, my God. This shit is fucking horrible. Wait a second. Wait, How wait. How did these guys rip off Great White? I got no, I no, I, I'm saying like like Great White, Great White ripped off a lot of fucking bands. But and these, you these like guys, Great White, and you like them. 
I, better than this. I the think they can rip. Absolute shit. Well, it's, if you think Ian hates this song, why don't you take the next one, Ian? The Rambler. The Rambler. All right. <laughs> All right. It sucks, is what it says. Oh, oh, oh no! Here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. Makes me wish that Ralph invited fucking Andy Dick to review two fucking Kansas albums. <laughs> this shit is fucking horrible. What do you Michael, think? what do you think <laughs> of the Rambler? I was going to ask you what you thought of it following that one. Yeah. Neither one of you can say anything to defend this turd. It's horrible. Uh, here, first of all, I, I don't have to defend anything. I like what I like, and what Ian thinks means shit. Thank you. <laughs> who cares? I mean, honestly, who cares? Who cares what I think? Who cares what Ralph thinks? Well, of course, who cares what? Well, he- well, well, hold on, hold on. Nobody cares what you think. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Nobody gives a fuck what you think. I, but All I right. said, who cares? Nobody should care. Right. Nobody well, yeah. should. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying in, par- in parentheses. That's, nobody, nobody cares what you think. That's fine. Okay. Here's here here's here's the funny thing is like you know saying that it's like you're trying to insult me and piss me off and it's like I just so okay do you, th- do, do you care what people think Ian when you like something and everybody hates it Yeah but but yeah, I, I know you I know it's yes if you would have no, said no I would have said liar No no I don't care because yes, you do I you don't have a, I don't have a gun pointed at my head You just uh, said yes Bill Wang. Bill Wang is about ready to take you out. You don't even know. You're about ready to draw your last breath defending this horrible shit. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Three shots to the head. Uh, all right. Awesome. All right. Uh, Michael, you want to take the rambler? Um, it, it, it kind of rambles for me. <laughs> that makes sense. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I care what you think. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to weep. You like? You don't like it? Um, it's not a favorite. It, it's one of those songs that I know a lot of people. I shouldn't say people. Other Molly Hatchet fans are gonna like it. It just, I, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't. It's like uh, I still love you from Kiss. One of the worst fucking wow. Kiss. Ever worse. I, I love that song, but I hate the live version when Kiss does it live with the Paul G- vocal gymnastic. I love the preaching version. Uh, ugh, grates really? me like like fingernails on a chalkboard. How about you, Ian? You like I still love you? Uh, the Kiss song? Yeah. Way better than this shit. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. you like it? You like it? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Me and Ian agree. <laughs> On something on an episode we don't agree on. All right, I'll take the rambler. I I fucking disagree with both you pickle whistlers. I think this is a fucking amazing ballad. I think Jimmy Farrar sounds amazing here, and this did get a lot of airplay. Uh, yeah, it was it was the it was the second single. Oh, the was album. it? Yeah, because yep. I I remember hearing this on the radio a lot. You yep. know, and uh, and it's amazing that I actually liked this song even back then because at this time. 1980 i wasn't into anything that wasn't metal you know and uh but i like it i really like the song i think his vocals really shine up i would go as far as say his best vocals that i yeah i i I love cat (laughs) 
but all right, I'll take the next one. Uh, sailor. Uh, you know, I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just a sailor in the sea of life. I love it. It's a great fun track. Great uh, love celebrating life. So, you know, it's something rare these days. There's not a lot of songs like this. You know, I'll take a song like this over Boo Hoo, My Parents Shoot Me Out for Staying Out Too Late. You know, that song that both of you like, Parental Guidance. Yeah, bag. <laughs> my parents chewed me out because I stayed out late. <laughs> See, you don't care, Michael, but Ian's kind of pissed now. <laughs> well, well, no, I don't even know. What, what, what song is, what, what number song is this on the album? Four. Comes after three. Okay, four. Where did I put this? Oh. Oh, what great songwriting. The Trickster of Southern Rock. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. Jesus Christ. Really? Really? You like this? Yeah. And, and you have the balls to make fun of Poison? Yep. Oh, I my know. God. Oh, th- this is fucking dreck. Dreck. <laughs> All right, Michael. I love it. Sailor, I love it. Just like you, I love the lyrics. I, I love the... Just a... It's oh, oh, hold on, 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 Mike. I gotta ask you something here. You love the lyrics. Quote the lyrics. Spit me some lyrics. Uh, I couldn't remember them. I'm just a sailor. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to defend this point that, like, well, no, no, but what? You know, what? I have to memorize lyrics? No, I, but you, no, you, I hear you, the lyrics when I listen to the song, and when I'm done listening. I don't remember you, lyrics. No, you you love the lyrics though. Yeah, I do. Love, when I'm listening to it, I love the lyrics of the song. All right, all right. Quote these lyrics that you love so much. I want I want to hear what's. Well, now I got to so. go find the lyrics. Well, I, well, 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 well I mean, I mean, if you love them, you should be able to recite them. Why? But I'm asking you. I, who, who, I'm not who, trying who, to be a dick. I'm, I'm, no, but, no, no, no. I'm I, I'm not trying to be a dick either. Who made that rule? Ian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me. I have more I downloads than you. Okay, can you, re- so- can you recite lyrics from every song you love? Uh, no, but if I... If, if well, no, there you go, end of story. No, end no, of story. no you're even against Ian's rules. You're no, such no. a freaking hypocrite. No, you're a fraud. You're a but, fraud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dead and gone, Michael. What do you think? Uh, where are we at? Dead and gone. Side two. Um... I, I like it. It's a good it's a good Molly Hatchet song. Now I will say, overall, beating the odds is definitely weaker than the first album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still a great solid album, and Dead and Gone is a good tune off this album. It's not up there with Bounty Hunter. It's not up there with Gator Country, but it's a good tune. It's not up there with Beating the Odds either. <clears throat> Ian. It's oh, oh, okay. Like originality, it's dead and gone. Jesus Christ! I could write his reviews. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I know. You could, you could write my reviews, but you can't recite the lyrics to the songs you love so much. You Neither can re- you. You can't recite his reviews either, Michael. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, this, this shit is horrible. It, 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 this is fucking. This is fucking Van Hagar of Molly Hatchet, which makes it even that much bad horrible shit what do you think Ralph alright I I love this song but I do have a couple complaints about it it's a song about <laughs> and Ian, Ian Ian's gonna laugh at this but it's true 
It's a song about heroin addiction, but it starts with a line that only Sammy Hagar can come up with. It starts with, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? Yeah. No, actually, that sounds like a Gene Simmons lyric that would go with burn, bitch, burn. Yeah, there you go. Only time will tell if we're addicted to heroin. But, you know, what you got cooking, he's talking about the needle and, and, and the needle and the spoon and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is, oh, did, which is did, comical to start a song about heroin yeah. addiction like that. You know, did, replace did that Skinner line. do that better? Yes, the needle and spoon. Yes, of course. Uh, but, you know, Skinner, and then there's the damage done by Neil Young. I mean, he did, Skinner's not the first one to do a heroin song. But um, <clears throat> replace that line and take out those female vocals that show up here and there. This song will be fucking perfect. You know, I think it's a great song with some elements that pretty much suck. But that's my only complaint. You, you know I, what, you're at, Ralph? You're right about the female vocals. Because it was like, in Beating the Odds, this is where they, for whatever reason, started to think like, we can expand our musical palettes here. And yeah. we can have background singers. And it's like, nah, not really. That's not what Molly Hatchett's about, people. Exactly. We, don't need, we don't need, you know, three three girls in the background singing, ooh, whatever. Yeah. It's... It, you don't need that. And, hey, and hey, Michael, this album you, on, they lost it. Michael, can you say, recite what the girls say in this song? <laughs> You're a fraud. <laughs> see, I, I, I disagree because I think, you know, as having the girls sing it, it's giving the male audience of Molly Hatchet somebody to beat. You know? <laughs> like, you fuck this up, like, I'm going to give you another black eye. You fucking whore. God, this, this is some terrible fucking rock and roll. This is bad. All right, uh, Ian. Tell wait. us what. Tell us what you think of "Few and Far Between." Yeah, yeah. All right, "Few and Far Between." What song is that? It's uh, a, it's a song after "Dead and Gone." It's too bad there weren't fewer songs that were far between each other on this album. I don't know, something like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. I got my notes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, "Few and Far Between," like originality and this crap. "Few and Far Between." This shit is fucking horrible. Jesus Christ. Does Leonard Skinner not have lawyers? This is fucking pathetic. Yeah, this, I like that one. Does Leonard Skinner uh, not have lawyers? That you. was a good one, Ian. Thank you. I like that. Uh, does, uh, does Ian have original reviews at all? Because they're pretty much becoming just copies of the last review. Poor copies. No, he's really good on albums we like. <laughs> the Cure? Uh, no, no, much, well, much no like, he's horrible on that one. No, much like you, I have like the fifth best uh, asshole reviews. Yeah, but again, Michael beats fifth you on that best one. Best asshole reviews? Yeah. You yeah. reviewed the asshole album by Gene? Not yet. I don't yeah, but I was about honest that. about it. <laughs> Did you like asshole there, Michael? Did... God, no. Okay. <laughs> Train wreck. Wow. Terrible. I... There goes your sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. Those are I, your, your I, kids. My, my, phone, my phone should be ringing right now saying, that's it, we're done. Yep. No more Gene Simmons ink checks for you. Exactly, people. <clears throat> uh, you know, you well, know, people actually think that's true? Uh, like me. People actually think we get paid. Yep. Yeah, I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of Few and Far Between, Michael? Um, better than Dead and Gone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's it? That's it. All right. Uh, I think it rocks, but the and and the female, there are female vocals here, but it's buried a lot in the gang vocals, so it's not annoying at all. 
And uh, I think it is a good hard rocking uh, tune. And uh, I love this track. I'll take the next one. Penthouse Popper. Um, Southern Rock Swagger with Attitude. You know, I love the guitar work on this track. Especially that little chuggy uh, thing he does in spots. And plus Jimmy belting out the lyrics to, uh, to this song. And I think the solo fucking uh, smokes with that tight-ass band behind it. I absolutely love Penthouse Popper. Ian? What song is this? Penthouse Popper. Get it quick, dude. You're about to pass Jesus. out. Exactly. No, no, but I mean, these songs all sound the fucking same. Dude, uh, Michael, yeah, but you're just looking at your notes. You're not all, right, all right, there we go. Wish this was a fucking EP. God damn, I hope Bushy pays for two episodes of The Fucking Cure for listening to this shit. Penthouse, this is fucking bullshit, dude. This is like filler fucking redneck horrible bullshit. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, uh, I, I liked it. it. You know, they did another good job taking a, a cover tune, you know. Oh, it's Creedence. a cover? It's a cover, yeah. Oh, who did this? I didn't know that. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, okay. I don't know much about CCR. No, I'm, I'm not a big CCR fan at all either. Re- really? You but know, John, big... John Fogarty wrote this, but um, they, you know, I think to their credit, just as you kind of illustrated, Ralph, they did a good enough job. People didn't realize it's not a Molly Hatchet song. There you go. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought it was an original. Um, nope. What do you think of Get Her Back? Uh, you know what? I'm trying to remember it. That's It was that good. Uh, I, I, I no, no memories of that one. Yeah, I don't care for this one actually. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. It's like a whatever, uh, but I think it is the weakest track on the album. But yep. Ian, Ian can can uh, emphasize how. Oh yeah, awesome. I, I mean this was the best cover from Stan and Hampton that they <laughs> fucking did. And this is fucking horrible. I mean, you you have a lame ass vocalist. I mean, first of all, you have a third rate band. And then you get like a fifth-rate fucking singer, you know, taking over for a second-rate singer. This is fucking horrible. Oh, I mean, this is like Sammy Hagar. You know, this is. I mean, really, this is—is is this like the fourth Montrose record? It's fucking deplorable. You, you, you got a heart on for Sammy, big time, man. Oh, I'm. You love that. that guy, don't you? Loves to hate him. Like not, not well, like you. It, Sammy? Eh. Oh, you don't like Sammy? No. Look at that, Ian. There's only one Van Halen, and it wasn't with Hagar. Look at that. Even Mark yeah, Allen Kale is yeah. the bigger dude. Than I, I know, but this guy's like, no, it's all about Gary Sharon. I mean, you can just tell. <laughs> but by the music he likes, he's like, no. He's like, I like that Gary Sharon shit. Women and children first. Sorry. Uh, Thank you. Oh, you're fucking lying. All right. Best best Van Halen album, in my opinion. All right. You're going to take a piss again? Yeah, go, go apologize right. for this horrible song. All right. All right, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, you take this one, and I'll pretend to be Ian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Poison Pen. I, I dig this one uh, mostly because of the guitar work. I think it's the, the best guitar uh, section, really, on this whole album. As a song, I don't think it's terrible, but like uh, "Get Her Back," I think it's kind of like whatever. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Uh, "Get Her Back"? No, we just talked about Poison Get Pen. Her. No, Poison I just said. Pen. I said. So, so hold on. I mean, I got to get a little slur in my mouth. Yeah. 
poison pen. You know, it's a third-rate poison. Uh, Alice Cooper did a better poison than than Molly Hatchet did. Um, it it sucks, and they should have all taken the poison pen before they recorded this album to save us the misery of having to listen to this song. Uh, you forgot to mention horrible, horrible, <laughs> and Hagar. Oh yeah, it's it's Hagar ratio. <laughs> Now you know what a great editor I am, Mike. Oh, my God, dude. I, I edit a lot of stuff that Ian You can't said. do a show in one take, can you? No, no. There's a lot of editing because Ian is very, very long-winded. When he gets to Oh, it's thing, my fault. It's my yeah. fault. Well, Ian, don't, don't worry. We covered your review of the last yeah. one for you. Thank Dave this fucking album is over. Jesus Christ, is this derivative fucking bullshit? I mean, I mean seriously, if you say this is like... Oh yeah, this is great rock and roll. You're full of fucking shit. This is fucking tripe. This is really this, this is Van Hagar. This is the Van Hagar rock and roll. This is fucking terrible. God damn. Right uh, on. Right on. No, that's it. Right. I'm, I'm, whatever you say, this will be the same thing. All right. Uh, all right, uh, Michael. I I didn't inform Michael about this, but what we do every show at the end. We got like a pick of the week. If you don't have a pick of the week, we'll go first. And you think of something that, you know, you think somebody should check out musically, like a record or even a movie or TV show, whatever. Um, do you think uh, off the top of your head something now? Or you, uh, you, got, you, you got you guys go first and I'll go uh, grab. I'll find a song as you're talking. Uh, no, it's, it's going to be a record. Or you can. Yeah, you can say a song. Uh, right, Ian, well, yeah. Yeah. So you, you go ahead. What's what's your pick of the week, Ian? I don't know. You 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 go first. I was have to go first. Shit. Fuck you guys. I'm you trying go to first. You go. You guys go first oh, with your man. shitty fucking taste. We're getting we're getting uh, creatures of the night area now. You're gonna start pissing me off, asshole. So stop it. Um, All right. Let me see. Uh, let me look around. Oh, uh, flirting with disaster would be my pick of the week. The second Molly Hatchet album, uh, Whiskey Man, Boogie No More, title track. I, I think it's a smoking fucking song uh i i picked the rich uh the first album a little bit over it but not by much but absolutely love flirting with disaster that will be my pick of the week how about you ian go ahead i want to i want to hear i want to hear mike's um all right you know what my pick of the week lizzie borden visualize all right yeah we love that actually ian loved that and that's uh, that's a a good pick yeah we we've reviewed that and we gave it glowing reviews we love that album I'll give you that. That's a great one. All right, my pick of the week is Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band Live Bullet. Hell that yeah. Is, that is some good Yankee fucking rock. Uh, a winning fucking team. Not the losing fucking South team. That is some Yankee fucking rock. I love me some goddamn Bob Seger. That is some real rock and roll. True and blue. No ripping anybody off. Just doing what you do. Fuck Molly Hatchin. Right up their fucking ass. Bob Seger, Live Bullet. That is my pick of the week. Incredible live album. I love fucking... My favorite song on there is Beautiful Loser. Great That's a great song. That's a great verse. That's a oh, great Oh, God damn, I love that album. That's, that's a, a great, great pick, Ian. And Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. Yeah. There's okay. some great uh, songs on that one. Isn't Ramblin' Gamblin' Man a, a cover of a Molly Hatchet tune? Yeah, it is, actually. Uh, yeah, no, but he did it before, so it's, no, yeah. 
Molly Hatchet. What, what has Molly Hatchet done before Molly Hatchet? I mean, seriously. The even same their, thing. The same even, thing. Exactly. Even their biggest hit was a cover. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, do we have a fan of the week? We want to give the fan of the week to this douche. Uh, no, we, we no he is, he's not a fan of us. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, he's not, he's not even a fan, but he has naked pictures of you, so for whatever reason, he's on here. What do uh, I care, man? He can spread them around. I, I don't give a fuck. If it was well, naked pictures, it wouldn't be a problem. It's something well, else he has on. Hey, 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 this, this, this is your baby, dude. This is your baby, so you pick the fan of the week. Um, I'm going to give it to Tim Bream. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a horrible thing to say about Why? Tim Bream. Because he, because he loves the current Kiss so much? No, he hates you. He hates your fucking guts. I don't know why rather than saying this. I love it. You're doing, you guys are doing my job for me. Fire him up. Yeah. Tim Bream, fan of the week. All right. Ian, give us the sign out, man. I don't, I don't know what the fuck to say to the, after this shit, man. This is fucking horrible. Well, this say hey. Yeah, this, this is horrible. I, I thank God that we have some fans picking, and we have some fans picking some albums that Ralph is going to fucking hate, and I cannot fucking wait. I cannot fucking I, wait. I, I, Ian, honestly, I can wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And that's I don't want to study that bullshit. Oh, no, it's so awesome. I'm going to make you fucking study, because I actually listen to these fucking horrible meth rock albums. That are right there next to Sonic Boom in the Walmart cutout bin. So you are gonna listen to some actual I'm gonna good drink fucking albums. I'm Ralph, gonna Ralph, Ralph, if, if if I knew this was how Ian was going to be, I would have picked like a couple of the more recent Molly Hatchet albums yeah. to see yeah, how he, he really he, reacts to crap. Oh, they, they, they would probably be better. They would probably be better. You should have picked some Mario Speedwagon albums. Ah, right. Oh, oh, oh fuck, fuck those fags. Yeah, there you go. That would have been awesome, because I love Aria. Um, but fidelity. Yep. All right, everybody. Since Ian's being a di- total dickhead, uh, tune in next week where we'll have some kind of fan fan paid episode. So uh, thank you, Michael, for being here and uh, joining us. And uh, you've been a good sport, man. We appreciate Macmagob.com, baby. Smackamagob.com, you fucking asshole. I hate that shit. Did did he actually beat you to that? Yeah. No, I actually, yeah. But again, Michael sold it to me. So there you go. I owe it. How much? $8. That's it. $8. The cost of the domain registration. All right. Next week, uh, fan paid episode. And by the way, uh, Michael, are you there? You still there, Michael? I'm here. You're fired. There, There you go. (laughs) <laughs> now we're even. <laughs>